Hey, what's up, Melchior? Yeah, good, man. Good to talk to you, man. This is Tom from You Know I Got Soul. Yes, here. sir. How you hey, doing? Man, I can't complain. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, it's crazy. As crazy as this time is, it's probably been one of the best times that I've had since probably 95, 96. That's amazing. Why is that? Because of the, of, of the music you're creating for your own your own stuff? Or? I mean, just 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 all the way around, man. Like you know, I've gotten to do you know some stuff for myself, but you know, just uh, writers and producers that I've been wanting to work with, that you know, um, collaborating with, and like for real, man, just getting a chance to go to sleep is amazing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at a regular time is 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 I, I never I, I i took sleep for granted for so many years yeah <laughs> well let me just say man thank you for taking the time for this interview and thank you for all the support and love you show us man you know oh no nah, we, we definitely see it we definitely feel it and we really appreciate that nah, man i mean you know to to know that there's people out here like you guys that really respect the music and the artists and you know, give us a platform, you know, to, you know, just talk or showcase music. It's an amazing thing, man. So, you know, I'm always down for that. So glad to support. I want to start out talking about, you know, some of the music you've been putting out, you know, on, by yourself, you know, your own solo work. Tell us about um, how long you've been working on some of this. Was this started years ago or is this all recent that that's been coming recently? Oh, man. So, the stuff that I put out in uh, February, um, it was like mm-hmm. 20-something songs. And that was all stuff that dated back to about, I think I was messing around with that stuff, like 2014 to 2016, for real. Like, I make a lot of music in the house because I don't listen to the radio. So... Mm-hmm. I like I'm always making music just to listen to you know myself or you know what I'm saying when people come over and stuff like that so it was kind of like I well it's black history month and I'm not doing anything and you know let me just you know just just share with people it's like one of my mentors called this year the uh emancipation of the hard drive so mm-hmm. that's really just you know what it's been but like this, this, the song that I just sent you—that was some, like I really just did that song about a week and a half ago, for real. Yeah. So oh, cool. you know, it, it, it was like I, you know, because some of the other stuff is kind of like abstract and you know different and you know just kind of like vibey, you know, whatever. So you know, I was trying to you know just thinking the things that I could do now with everything that's going on. Like, I know that people know me for, you know, doing, the, you know, rock sometimes and the hip-hop. And it's been a long time since I really just made a proper R&B. Probably about 20 years, for real. I mean, just as far as, like, producing. Yeah. Because, you know, like, I write a lot of stuff. But production for me is something that's, like, real personal. And it's a part of myself that I have to put into it that is kind of, like, it goes beyond, like, anything other than the feeling and the energy being right. Like, I've never been a producer. Like, I've never made a beat CD, beat tape, walked in somebody's office, played a record, none of that stuff. Like, it's always been, like, I got to like you and your crew and your vibe or whatever, or, you know, you can have the money back and I'll go ahead and buy my business. Right. <laughs> I mean, I you know, what's interesting to me, 
when I listen to some of the music, it's like, you know, Drew Hill, we used to always recognize Cisco and jazz as the vocalist, you know, and Woody obviously in the beginning. I never felt like he got credit as a vocalist, but now I'm listening to some of your solo work. I'm like, he, he could actually sing, you know? Oh, man, and I don't know if people ever respected that. Well, you, I'm going to tell you, I like, I didn't respect it for years. You know, like, yeah. at the beginning of, I would, I've never been the guy that, like, you would catch them any time of the day, walking down the hallway, you know, on and off the bus, whatever it is, singing. And I've never been that guy, ever. Like, you know, it would be like, those guys can really sing. So, you know, especially through the progression of getting different people in the group, even before we were famous, you know, it was like when we first started or when Cisco first got in the group, me and um, I see Jazz on here. What up, boy? Um, when, oh, when, um, when Cisco first got in the group, me and Cisco sang all the lead. And then as we got oh. better singers, you know, Jazz and Woody and, you know, everybody, well, Woody came back because he had to leave for a second. But, you know, it kind of turned into a thing of, well, what's the point? Like, I could be over here writing and producing or, you know what I'm saying, doing whatever else. And, you know, these guys, because they love it for real. Like, even in the show, like, from 96 to probably 99, excuse me, half the time I wasn't even singing on stage. I'll be on the side of the stage talking to some girl, getting a phone number or something. I'd leave off the stage, <laughs> go to the bathroom or something like you know, it was just, it, I don't know, man. Like, even with the solo stuff, it took me so long to do it because I would get to this point where I would do the music and then I would picture myself on stage and I'd just bust out laughing. I'm like, man, I'm not doing this shit. So, you know. <laughs> oh, man, that's cool. That's a cool story. I w want to know, though, like, you know, you were known for the, your production early on, especially, you know, in the first few projects. Where did you develop those skills as a producer? Oh, man, that... um well, I, I, I had some good mentors, you know, I had um, my cousin Greg, my man uh, Jay, my man L, um, Dennis, Wayne, you know, those were the guys that, it's crazy, and it was, it, it, it's so crazy, we 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 celebrating the 25th year of um, the first Mob Deep album and Shook Ones and all of that, so 25 years ago this year was the first time I ever Seuss, what up, was the first time that I ever went in the studio. They called me up one day, and I used to carry my keyboard around me everywhere. So, you know, I got a call, and it's like, all right, we're coming to get you. We're going to New York. So my man Dennis, my man Wayne came, picked me up in the Range Rover. You know, it's like 95, so, you know, it's like crazy. So we get up to New York, and we go in the studio. And, um, you know, the, uh, one of the uh, keyboard. So we go over and um, go into another room. And it was the room that the guy that engineered the Mob Deep album used to work in, uh -huh. in Unique Studio. So I'm like standing in the studio, and you know, like shook ones that like just dropped. So I'm like, man, this is like history right here. So I left out the room, and I go back into the room that we had, and I see my keyboard set up. So, you know, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I figured something else going on, and they just going to have me play on something. And then, you know, it was like, all right, man, go ahead and get busy. I'm like, what's up? It was like, we brought you up here to produce your first record for real. So... You know, <laughs> shout out to them, and you know, it's, you know, I, I never, I didn't get in the music business to be an artist. I wanted to be a record man, you know. So, mm -hmm. from the beginning, you know, from, you know, Puffy to Quincy Jones, and you know, everybody before and you know, in between, it was it was really a thing, of, 
you know, like, I want to find the records, I want to make the records, I want to, you know, write records. And, and once people saw that in me, they just, they just pushed me to keep going, you know. Like, I never used to sleep. I would, like, when we were doing the first album, I would get on the train from Baltimore to D.C., then get on, you know, there's, you know, subway all the way out to, like, the last stop in Virginia. And then still had to wait for my boy to come pick me up and drive, like, 20 more minutes just to use the studio because he was the only person that would, like, let me use it and wouldn't be, like, fucking with me or, you know, trying to get me to do some dumb song in order for me to be able to use the studio at 1 o'clock in the morning or some shit like that. So, you know, that that's always just been been my passion you know that that like for real i started singing more out of necessity it was probably like 99 or so like right after we did like our last tour before everybody went and did their solo stuff and you know it's like i had all these song ideas and it was nobody there to sing the shit and i was like all right well i know i can't <laughs> wait for however long it's going to take to you know what i'm saying do whatever i'm sorry hopefully that will just cut off because obviously whoever it is is calling me did not get the message of me saying i'm the radio interview but you know <laughs> it happens in the world yeah. cell phones die <laughs> put them in the corner or something just just stop just, just i don't even know what they're okay there we go <laughs> <laughs> well, reflect back for me on, on your work on the first album the first drew hill album you know, we we were just talking about some of the best songs that should have been singles. We're talking like April Showers, like All Alone. Like you had some great work on that album. Would you remember about helping to create that album? Oh, thanks, man. Oh man. Um, you know, it was we used to have this thing where everybody would come to my house after school, and we would you know get some food from the store or whatever and just either sit on the steps outside of my mother's house or, you know, go in my room and write. And, you know, like I was ta just talking about uh, uh, my man, Todd Richard, whose house I used to go to in Virginia. I remember, you know, we had done all these songs and we had a deal um, with Sylvia Rohn, uh, East West, and nobody knew what to do with us because they were like, all right, well, you got these guys, they're young, but they got these real mature voices. So it was like we couldn't do the bubble gum, but we couldn't do the, the, the grown man. So, you know, we ended up getting dropped or whatever. And, you know, we were just, you know, doing talent shows and everything for a while. And I remember we had gone, me and Woody had gone to Virginia. And we did, um, I want to say we did April showers and another song, I can't remember what it was, but um, those songs ended up being the songs that got um, the production company that we were signed to excited about, you know, it was like, all right, cool, like, maybe we could really, like, make something out of this, for real, you know, instead of just trying to get us to redo a bunch of old records and just not knowing what to do, so, you know, from that point, when we finally, um, when we finally got the deal, I've always been the studio rat. I'm the first one in there, last one to leave. So we recorded a lot of the first album at uh, Sigma Sound in uh, Philadelphia. And, um, wow. you know, it was crazy because, like, I would have, like, all the rooms in there going at the same time. Like, the guys would get mad at me sometimes for real because it would be like, 
we might be working on the vocals uh, in one room while the guys downstairs in the other production room, you know, and some instruments or sound designs to another song I did, and then the other room is something else going on. So, you know, it, like, it was just, I mean, it was a great time. I mean, not a lot of people, you know, could say that they got, you know, like five songs on their first album and stuff that, you know, is right when you're like 14, 15 years old, for real. So, you know, that whole time, I mean, it, it was a, it was a weird time, <clears throat> excuse me, because, like, I was the only one producing at the time, and we had, like, part of our deal was that we got paid a certain amount of money, you know, per record, so obviously I made a little bit more money, which, you know, always is going to turn into at least somebody <laughs> having to say something, but I mean, I, w I was working, you know, that like, that was the thing, like, I... I mean, you know, I've never been a dude, like, I'm not out partying nowhere. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I ain't really trying to hang with my girl if I got work. Like, you come past the studio or something, but it's nothing that's going to take me away from, you know, getting the job done and really, you know, I take production seriously. It's not, you know, the beat making or whatever. It's being the person that's willing to take the responsibility to see the project from point A to point Z, and whatever it is that goes wrong, you you take it and you fix it. Right. Well, tell me this: at what point did you start getting calls to do outside projects for your production? Like, I remember that huge song you had for Capone Noriega. Well, that's the funny thing. Mm -hmm. So when when we all went home, and you know we all working and everything, and you know, I was going to labels. And they were basically telling me, like, oh, Nokio, everything that, you know, you've done with Drew Hill is amazing, but you've never done anything by yourself, so start all over again. And <laughs> no, for, I'm dead serious, man. So it's like that summer I took, like, a hundred grand and rented out the, uh, the old hit factory. Had, like, three rooms going. and Because well, what happened was we had the rooms booked to do the Drew Hill stuff, but like I said, nobody showed up. So we ended up, I just said, well, switch the PO over and, you know, I just pay for it. Man, we was in there so mm -hmm. much, man. They was like, they was bringing us socks and stuff and T-shirts. And <laughs> it was just like, just keep working. What do yeah. you need? So, you know, yeah. and, and what I did was I started, instead of trying to go have meetings, and like I said, I wasn't making no beat CDs or whatever, so I just started inviting and ours to the studio to see us work, you know, me and my production team at the time. We, it was just like, you know, just come past and see what's going on. And from there, that actually, that turned into me working with um, Rough Ends and Foxy Brown yeah. for the Blue Streak soundtrack. And, you know, and everything, you know, else kind of, you know, came from that. For real, but it wasn't like nobody gave a fuck about that Drew Hill shit. It was like, yeah, I right, see <laughs> dope, but I and you know, it, that's the thing people don't understand. No matter what level you get to, you still fighting to to prove something right. to somebody. So then I always been about the work. So I said, all right, man, let me see some people. I know what I'm doing, you know, and <laughs> it just and, and it, you know it worked out. Like I tell people, like I didn't do the amount of records that you would think a producer like me would do for real I just did the right records because I was always mm -hmm. scared that if I got caught up in 
just producing for money that eventually the sound would get burned out and then I had to try finding I don't feel like going through all that man you know it's like I wanted to you know that's why I, I stayed away from making R&B for so long because I knew it was a time when people were going to want it and even need it so I just I wanted to be able to make the same record I didn't want to have to go back from you know making pop sounding records or R&B sounding records and not be able to have that core of you know what makes the music we do different from everything else from the way that you mix it to you know everything else right well what do you remember about your work on the second Drew Hill album because you know you basically your progression from the first album and then taking it to another level on the second one because the second one you know had some of the biggest hits of Drew Hill's career you know you were involved in songs like How Deep Is Your Love Beauty for example what do you remember about stepping up to another level, you know, and, and taking your skills to the next level? And I remember everybody hated me. <laughs> Why? Why? Because, man, it's like, I, because, look, it was like, we go to the studio, and ain't nobody there. So, if we got three rooms, and I got three songs, uh, I'm making three songs. So, then you show up to the studio late on in the afternoon after you slept all day or was with your girl or whatever it is, it might be a chance that you won't get a room. And I've never had a problem with doing that. And I've never cared about what nobody, I used to put signs on the door. Like do you, you walk up to the studio door and it would be like 20 signs and it'd be like, fuck you, turn around, walk away, do not enter all kinds of shit. So then if somebody would walk in the room, I cut the music off <laughs> and we just sit there in silence. Sometimes yeah. for a long time. And then I guess when the person realized that I was being an asshole, they would go to leave out and there was one sign on the inside door that said, fuck you too. And that was, I mean, like, I'm not, a, like, I'm not an evil person, man, but I'm very serious about my craft and what I do. So it's like a lot of times that's, that's not the same thing that's happening with everybody. And I don't just mean a group. I mean just people in general, people I don't know, whatever it is. So I try to keep it to where, you know, I can stay focused. And, you know, the whole thing is, like, you got to show up to work. Like, if you're not showing up to work, I mean, I can't want it for you. So I'm going to go ahead and work. And then, like, you can't be mad, but, like, the song at the same time is just a bunch of But aside from that, you know, uh, Probably, I would have to say, um, Beauty Always Stands Out because nobody wanted to sing the record. It was right. like I had to, you know, go sing the whole song. After I played it, everybody was just kind of looking like, it was like, all right, man, let me go. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, I mean, did so, so I had to go, you know, went and did the record. Shout out to Don Warren. Don Warren was in the studio with me the whole time that I did Beauty. So, you know, that was like, Real cool, you know, working with Guy Roche and my man uh, Phil Weatherspoon, who um, was my production partner at the time. Well, we actually still work together now, but, you know, excuse me. Um, you know, yeah, it was, it, like I said, man, it's always, a, it, it, it's a it's a fight. And like I said, I never, my rule used to always be, if I can't sing whatever I got to sing within 15 minutes, I'm not going in the booth. So I wanted a whole bunch of me singing those songs or whatever. I'd rather be on the other side and, you know, making people mad. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, man, because, no, see, I, I, I'm going to let you in on a secret. Like, I, I got this tactic that I use where I don't, like, 
I'm going to make you upset in order for you to take that energy and put it on the rocket. I don't care if you call me a motherfucker after we done whatever it is. I'm going to just look at you and say thank you because I got what I need. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing personal. I ain't sitting around trying, you know, fuck with nobody or nothing. But, you know, like sometimes you got to use alternative methods to get what you're trying to get. And it's like sometimes if you just say it directly, a person might do the opposite. So, like, the easiest thing to do is just catch a person at the at the height of their feelings and emotions and get them to take that and drop that on the record. And then, you know, we good. <laughs> wow, man. That's passion right there. No, nah, man. I, look, I, I'm one of the people I'm willing to die for. It. Been like that since day one. So, you know. That's dope. Love it. I want to mention one song um, from the third album, the song she said, and I told you about this song because I love that, you know, you're singing on the record I and it, I really man. thought this should have been a strong single no, we, and yeah. uh, just so smooth, such a smooth song. Real Drew Hill fans in here know this song. What do you remember about that one? Oh man. Um, so with, she said, I remember um, being in the studio. It was me and my man, Jojo Brim, Def Jam. And I was like, I cut the lights off in the booth and put a partition up. And it was like, for what? And I was like, because I got to take all my clothes off to record this record. And I don't need none of y'all <laughs> niggas looking at me. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I recorded That's that wild. record almost naked. <laughs> I was, I, yeah, well, you know, sometimes, man, I guess it was something holding holding the energy back. It needed to be, you know, it needed to be free. But it was really just, you know, it was it was a time I was going through a bunch of stuff or whatever. And, you know, the idea came from a girlfriend that I had at the time. And she wouldn't even known it. But we were just having a conversation. And, you know, she was just kind of asked me, well, you know, like, what happened to all these people that, you know, said they was going to be there for you and they're not here now. So, you know, that kind of, like, sparked the inspiration, you know, for um, for making the record. And it's funny because, you know, at the time, it was people at Def Jam that were really, like, you know, that record could have really, like, crossed y'all over. But, I mean, you know, mm. what I what I yeah. learned... And, you know, I'm not going to say who said it to me, but, I mean, it was said to me, like, more than once. Like, it was basically, like, if you sing a song, it's not going to be a single because people are not used to you singing. So it wasn't that it was, like, a, a bad racket or, you know, anything like that. It's just, you know, it's the way the game works. And since I wasn't really one for pushing to sing too much, you know, it ain't really make a difference like my thing has always been you do stuff that makes people go back and look at your catalog so if you consistently make great records it doesn't matter if everybody catches everyone eventually they're going to catch all of them it's the one record that a person hears that makes them say well i know it's got to be something else well, let me let me go see what else you know the person did so it's like i just you know uh, music is therapy for me, man. Music is the reason why I'm alive, so I just I just make it and keep it pushing. I love that, man. Love to hear that, and that's why we support you, man. We can feel that passion and, and feel that. So, 
Let man. me ask you though, and I'm sorry, I, I didn't see the Young Sung man. I don't really watch That's much right. TV, I so neither. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, if this was covered, I apologize. But was there ever a time after the Andrew, Independence Day album that you guys were close to releasing another album? Because you know, us R&B lovers are impatient, man. We want a new album every few years, but I think it's been like ten years since the album. Was there ever a time when you guys were getting back to it? I mean, we started to stop albums a bunch of times. I mean, we got records right now that um that you know we did with Troy. We I mean we started recording the last album in like 2018. Yeah, I remember those. You know what I'm saying? So you know it's stuff, it's stuff around, man. But you know, and it's nothing against anybody. It's hard making an album after a while because see yeah. when you're making all the other albums it's happening in the middle of you doing stuff so it's not you don't really have to like pull anybody away from anything you don't really have to like lead their kids and you know what i'm saying whatever else but yeah. once you know it turns into what it is now where you know you kind of just moving around and you gigging and doing blocks of time then the only other time that you have is to record is when you're not doing that, but then everything else falls in. So, you know, it's like, if we did, what was that, 2010? So I think I started working on another album after that in, like, 2013, and wow. that ain't, you know, that ain't going away, and then, you know, you try yeah. again, and you try again, and you try again. And I think that, you know, what happened was the you know, we got such a great response from the Christmas album that we did with, um, yeah, but that's not Drew Hill proper album. That's not Drew Hill proper R&B album. It's a really good project, though. So, really you know what I'm project. saying? We did that, and it was kind of like radio was ready for us again. You know I mean? Like, shout out to Empire. Like, they were able to, you know, take a song off the album that we actually put out late, you know, in comparison to what you usually do for that time of year and, you know, still, you know, get like a top five record at radio with favorite time of year. So, you know, radio was ready for us, you know, to all we needed to do basically was come with a single right after that. But, you know, everybody know what happened after that, you know, as far as, you know, jazz needing some time and everything. So we, you know, we weren't able to capture you know, that window, and then with the newer stuff that, you know, we did, it was just, you know, uh, it it was, um, I don't know, I'm trying to find the right word, because it's not like this terrible thing, it's just that the sun, moon, and the stars hadn't lined up yet, and, you know, getting the, uh, you know, getting the what you need single out you know, when it came out, and then not really having a way to promote it now, because you got to figure, like, that song came out um, beginning of February, and then, you know, by the middle of March, it's like we was all starting to be, you know, in the house, and, it, you know, didn't get a chance to shoot yeah. a video, you know, or anything else, so, you know, that's the way it works sometimes, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, like I put it like this. I've I've gone to start a Drew Hill album more times than I have it. Now, did anybody <laughs> show up all the time? Nah, but it's definitely been, you know, 
Because I started on the album in 2008. I, I came down to Maryland and did like 40 records. And all 40, yeah. I'm still sitting there. So, so <laughs> I just, you know. It's tough to hear, man. I mean, it's, 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 really I mean, it's like I said, man, it's so, it's, that's why artists stay um, in that mode with people around them that just keep you in that space of just, doing stuff because once you move out of that space it's hard to get when you grinding every day and you just locked in it's easy to just take that energy and move it to something else but when you're not and you gotta come from home and you got stuff going on and i mean you know it'd be you know like your kid got a recital or something like that or, you know whatever it is and or you just need some rest so you move a little slower and you know then if you start adding all the factors of, you know, going from being uh, with a major to being independent and, you know, radio and marketing and stuff like that, it just, it, it turns into a different thing that um, makes it hard to just focus on the music because it's not easy for everybody to just say all right we got this great body of work or like we know what we could do let's just do it and put it out there or you know my feeling of you know realizing that that two year space between making the record is it don't work no more like you gotta be on top of it like you i mean if you really want to be in people's face you gotta drop out every other month or you know a little couple mixtapes in between there you know everything else so you know, it, it it's always been a thing of realizing that getting on stage, performing, excuse me, all of that is easy. Excuse me. So it's easy for a person to say, well, why don't y'all go make a record? Like y'all can still sing and whatever, but it's a whole other, you know, process that if not done correctly can, you know, it, it hurts stuff more than it helps it. Right. I got you. We're almost out of time, but there's one more question I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you this, but I, I'd rather just say it. I really hope that when the quarantine is over, that Jazz and Nokio are back with Drew Hill. Listen, man, I love I love Black and, and Smoke. I've been down with Play It for years, but and I don't mind them being in the group. I just want to see y'all all come nah, together. Man, I mean, well, look, you know, like, and not to rehash a bunch of stuff, but, you know, if you saw what I said about it, you know, I was serious, and, you know, it's for for everybody else but and and it became even more evident to me that's what i was saying like something that came up since we've been home you know like i haven't figured it out yet so don't nobody just be on my neck but yeah you know <laughs> i really just i feel like people are almost like people are going to need that i feel like you know when when we get to coasting and whatever this new normal is it's a lot of stuff we're gonna need to be all right you know especially you know as far as the feeling and the energy that's around and i just you know i feel like it may be you know a good thing for you know all of us to just get together and do it for the people you know i mean i tell you like in my mind my quick idea is to you know do something that you know 
would um do something charitable that would benefit, you know, first responders here in Baltimore, everybody that's, you know, been essential workers and, you know, been out here still grinding, you know, and, you know, and, and, and making sure that we're okay. So then, you know, at that point, if anybody got a problem with traveling or, you know, whatever, you don't really have to deal with that. We got plenty of venues here if we got to do it multiple nights, you know, we do what we do. And, you know, at the least, you know, even if we can't turn it into a tour, you know, I'm sure that's something that people will be willing to, you know, come see, especially since next year's uh, um, official 25th year, you know, yeah. anniversary. And the first year that we could be eligible to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, might I say. So, you know, wow. it's, um, you know, I, it, I don't know who um, made up me leaving the group because I've really never said that nowhere. But um, you know Well on Wikipedia you're not in the lineup. So this yeah. says Wikipedia says you're out. Yeah, I mean <laughs> fuck Wikipedia. You know what I'm saying? I mean when they said I was going home and take a break. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, had yeah. to, I mean, you know, and that's what it is and I you know, I I express how I felt, how I felt about everybody around. So it ain't I mean, it's always love. Even when we fighting, it's love. But things got to be a certain way. And, you know, when it comes down to it, this, this whole pandemic, whatever it is that you want to call it, yeah. just lean, you know, tip the scales more in favor of me doing it again than not doing it again. But yeah. I, I definitely need all my boys there because everybody needs a chance to get their shine. You know, everybody needs to get a chance to, you know, get that thing off. And, you know, it's just it's like people always say, man, give the people what they want. I think that, you know, after a quarter of a century of supporting somebody that half the time don't even know what we're going to do, the least yeah. we could do, you know, is, is is give people that because you know I got realize that you know, after twenty five years there's still people that's never seen us you know live before so you know we'll see man it's it's it's, it's, it's more yes than no than it was back in February. That's good to hear.